special causes. I want I want certificate, death certificate. <laughs> Show me the autopsy. Show me the money. <laughs> well, we I, don't do it. <laughs> yes, I, I am excited to talk about Ada Lovelace today because one of the big misperceptions in my childhood was that she was a um, like bodice ripping romantic novel writer, like a romance novel writer. Why did you think that? Ada Lovelace. <laughs> Does that not sound like a romance novel author? It to sounds you? like a lingerie company. Yeah. Thank you. Lovelace. Yeah. And it just, it, that I always thought that. And I always thought of this girl in my school, Barbara Gilhar, because she got in trouble one day. Are we going to put her last name out there? We can bleep it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> going in. And. I always think of her, one, because she would always carry around romance novels in school, and we went to a very small private Christian high mm. school, so that was already frowned upon, and then she wore a dress with red cherries all over it one day for dress down day. Like cherry popping cherries? Uh-huh. Ooh. And she got in trouble. For wearing a cherry dress? Oh, yeah. It was too sexual. The cherries were too sexual. And was they she, made her go home and change. Was she, like, licking herself? No, I mean, she. it was like a sweetheart neckline with a halter top. Mm. And there was no cardigan involved. So for open Bible, I mean, we weren't even allowed to like wear nail polish <laughs> for years. You went to a school called Open Bible? I did. Mm. <laughs> did they open your Bible? Shut it real tight, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Allie Bain. I'm Katie Greenwood. And we're here to be girls talking about girls. Mm-hmm. Formerly known as Herstory on the Rocks. <laughs> the unofficial theme song. It's the best theme song. <laughs> I came up with it. <laughs> so we are, as we said before, just two gals, two white, cisgender, heterosexual, white, female, middle class gals. Are we very white? Because you said it twice. I did. We're pretty white. (laughs) (laughs) Super white. Uh, I have a degree in gender studies. Allie has a degree in history. Mm -hmm. But we are not historians. Nope. Or experts on anything we are saying. At all. This is basically an expanded Wikipedia search. Yes. And we are just drinking and talking at a bar, but in the living room. Hence the On the Rocks. On the Rocks. So we're starting with my drink tonight. I am covering the goddess Athena and her drink is called the spicy maiden, which I for one would not describe Athena as spicy. I feel like she's more mahogany esque, right? Like she's a little bit more classic. I feel like Aphrodite is spicy. Or like, yes, maybe I, even I, Artemis, yeah. but not Athena. No. Yeah, I, I totally agree. She's more like a refined whiskey rather than a spice. Yeah. Or like something with olives yeah. in it because she's Athena. Yeah. yeah. Like when you came up with this drink, I was like, really? Or like I, when you found it on the Internet. Yeah. To be fair, I Googled everything I'm going to say tonight. There is absolutely zero original thought here unless I say something idiotic, in which case that's original thought. So let's start. Let's try this drink. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is pineapple juice, lime, jalapenos, spiced rum, and cinnamon. I like it. How many of those things are grown in Greece? Ooh, Maybe no, just no. limes? Are limes? I don't know. They're more of like a sub, what do you call the circumference of the earth, the equator. 
Like I feel like sub Ecuadorian. Like <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe that's just bananas. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I if oranges grow in California, do limes grow there too? Yes. I don't know. Perfect. I should have go with yes. this ahead. <laughs> okay. So who are you doing tonight? Uh, tonight I will be doing Ada Lovelace. Excellent. And we'll discuss her drink later because yes. we got to finish these ones first and mm-hmm. get a little toasted. Yes. Okay. Ada Lovelace. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about what they look like Perfect. because even though I feel like women are always judged based on what they look like, we've got to cut that out in the beginning. We've got to really think about that as we do this because mm-hmm. throughout history, if you looked a certain way, it most likely added to your perception. Mm-hmm. So let's get physical physical i'm ready (laughs) so athena um had like olive skin obviously she's she looked very grecian as Mm -hmm. most of the greek goddesses do but she um would typically wear like one of those long flowy dresses like you would picture khaleesi in pre-warrior khaleesi (laughs) and post-warrior khaleesi like in the middle she was wearing like that you know, warrior stuff, but mm-hmm. now she's more queenish. Um, her helm, like chest plate thing, had like snakes on it, which I know is your favorite thing. <laughs> her shield has Medusa's head on it, which is pretty badass. Obviously, eyes poked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and her hair, I will give you one guess at the goddess of wisdom's hair color. I want to say brown because I have brown hair, but it's probably (laughs) red. No, it was brown. Was it? It was absolutely brown (gasps) because Aphrodite had blonde hair. Blonde hair. Of course. Who had red hair? I have no idea. Artemis, I believe. Artemis? Um, Some of the pictures of Artemis. However, it just early on. It's got to have all three. (laughs) Yeah. The gentlemen's prefer blondes with Aphrodite started (laughs) thousands of years ago, which I feel is very unfair. So what what's Ada Lovelace look like? So Ada Lovelace is kind of a um, she's frail and very pale. She was described as having very large dark eyes and long flowing dark hair. So wait, like Zoe Deschanel on New Girl? Yes. Mm. Oh my gosh! And actually, there was a rumor going around that Zoe Deschanel was going to play her in a movie about Ada Lovelace. I didn't even know this. Yes. This is zero zero prep. <laughs> No bits right here. Zero prep. Yeah, she was actually picked because she looks like Zoe Deschanel. Picture Zoe Deschanel, but a little sicker <laughs> because Ada Lovelace was sick a lot. Why? And with a little bit oh, of wait, a limp. Don't tell me yet. Yeah, you're going to find out later. Okay, okay. And she had a little bit of a limp. So picture Tiny Tim and Zoe Deschanel had a baby, and it's Ada Lovelace. So she's not on the front of a sex novel. No. On a Her horse. portrait is beautiful. Because it's an oil painting. Is it the like purple one with the feathers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's got like some kind of bird on her head and she's got a lot of purple and her hair is done in like a crazy, like I can only kind of do my hair with a flat iron sometimes. I don't even know <laughs> how they did that with the lack of tools. Let's pause for a second. But do you own a brush? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> for everybody out there, Katie does not brush her hair. It just makes it more frizzy. I, it's fine the way it is. <laughs> I don't understand. I get compliments. I, I mean, your hair is great. I just don't <laughs> understand. I physically don't understand. I don't know. I find that. Oh, well, also my hair shorter for everybody who doesn't know. It's like, you know, up above my shoulders. So but below does, your chin. Below my chin. 
Yeah, it's yeah. In between chin and shoulders. <laughs> angled. <laughs> side angle bob. Yeah. Different and lengths. And I don't brush it. Different lengths on all sides. Different lengths on all sides. It's fine. It's fine. She did it in the bathroom by herself. Um, so that's my physical description. <laughs> yeah. Why do we get on to you? Know. Are you a famous woman from history? No. Will you be? Yes. Excellent answer. <laughs> so let's start. I want to talk about Athena um, because I looked her up and I always thought it was weird that she was the goddess of wisdom being female. So that's what like first drew me to her um but we have to kind of start before her because her story is really in her conception and birth more than anything after she did some cool things after um in her mythology but without the birth story she's kind of like just a goddess Mm -hmm. so Zeus is her dad and we always hear about Zeus being married to Hera but before Hera and he are married he um is totally into this girl Métis and she's a shapeshifter or like a metamorphosis and she keeps like shifting shapes to try and get away from Zeus Mm -hmm. because she doesn't really want to hook up with him but he ends up catching her and getting her pregnant and I kind of want to start with that because that deals with the little consent issues I just don't understand why I mean I understand because it's you know thousands of years ago but Mm -hmm. why female goddesses are really on the same level as female women like goddesses aren't elevated right and I I know that Zeus has that reputation yeah for all of mythology (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> just impregnating whatever, and then like eating his babies or something. Or yeah, rocks. I don't really know, um, but I don't know. I guess it was kind of this like weird thing of like, well, if the goddesses and like these w- wonderful mythological women can even be like raped and plundered, like, mm. don't you get any ideas, women on earth? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's definitely like a dominance issue. Totally, like the female. Form, even in mythology, Mm -hmm. has to be lower than the male form. Other than. Yeah. So uh, I looked it up. And in Greece, who is commonly known as like one of the first republics or early direct democracies, Mm -hmm. um, the women... There isn't a ton of records on women except for in Athens, which is what we're going to be talking about today because Athens obviously named after Athena. Um, Never put that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, they couldn't, women couldn't vote, own land, or inherit anything. Their main role was in the home and raising up children. Um, but we have to remember Greece was like made up of city states, mm-hmm. so they were all different. It would be like, you know, the very non-federalist government mm-hmm. of the United States. Sparta is the only one we have a little bit of information on. And we know that their women were given physical training. They were allowed to own land and they could drink wine. But that's just that's because, cool. yeah, it's super <laughs> cool. Because all the men went to war. They needed like a last line of defense. Right. So, huh. Using y- your women as <laughs> full people in your... Full people. In your community. And allowing them to drink. Huh. We wouldn't even have this podcast <laughs> if we couldn't drink. That would be the worst. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to Sparta. <laughs> so he he gets Métis pregnant, but he meets with this oracle 
and she gives this um, tells his future that Métis babies are going to be more powerful mm-hmm. than he was, and. The three bros, Zeus and Poseidon and Hades, had just overthrown their father, Kronos, and Mm -hmm. Kronos had just overthrown his father in, like, the different paradigm shifts of the universe. So he's real upset about that, so he turns Métis into a droplet of water and drinks her ass. And then she's trapped, I know, I know, in his stomach. And she has birth in his stomach. Okay. I was going to say, isn't she pregnant? (laughs) Yeah, she's totally pregnant. (laughs) Apparently, she has, she's going to have two babies, a boy and a girl. She's pregnant with twins. Luke and Leia? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Luke and Leia. But she's pregnant with them. And somehow, Athena makes it to Zeus's head and he gets these horrible headaches. And he has Hephaestus, who's the god of the forges, cut his head open with an axe. And out comes fully grown Athena in armor, ready to go. She's ready. I love that. <laughs> she's, she's not joking around. No, she was not. She falls out. She comes out fully armored. And the lore is she has no mother. So Zeus is her father. But he drank Métis. So she has a mother, but not right. really because it's within her father. So she is motherless as a goddess. Okay. <laughs> Which, this is kind of like a Virgin Mary situation, only like <laughs> vice versa. I feel like, yes, right? It's very, right. very like opposite of biblical. So, um, Pagan. <laughs> she's widely acclaimed as his favorite child. Um, she is able to hold his shield. She is the only other goddess who's ever been allowed to throw his lightning ever. Um And the boy is never born. She is the goddess of wisdom and defensive war. And because of that is always clashing with her half brother, Ares, Mm -hmm. who is like the full on goddess Mm -hmm. of war. And a couple things come to my brain there. Like, A, why is, is she his favorite because she has no mother is she kind of like a son in that sense i also wonder if she's his favorite because there's less likelihood that a female heir will overthrow him Hmm. you know because like it's normally like you know the the male sons rise up and i don't know what the situation was in the greek mythology world but maybe it was like Oh, well, like, she's not a threat, so I'm just going to like her a lot because she's really fucking cool and she was, like, born out of an axe wound on my head. Yeah. But she's not a threat, you know, because I feel like all those kings and leaders back then were always so fucking weird about their sons and, like, overthrowing them. Like, what's that famous story? Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's like a... uh, George W. Bush. (laughs) (laughs) It's the thing. It's the... Oedipus complex. Oedipus complex. Thank you. Yes, it's like an Oedipus thing um, in a long roundabout way. <laughs> yes. Also, when you said Oracle, did you also think of in Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves? No, I was thinking when, of 300. Oh, I've never seen that. Kitty! <laughs> but I've seen Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Prince Ali, fabulous. <laughs> Have you seen that one, though? 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a Disney movie. Shut well, up. Well, the oracle comes out yeah. at his wedding, and it's like one of yeah. my favorite parts. That's a great And he movie. has to go find his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Duh. I love that movie. Becomes Ali Ababa. Oh, so, sorry, continue. Yes. <laughs> so Ares is the god of war in the sense of violence, strategy, and bloodthirst. Mm-hmm. And Athena, is, or sorry, savagery, not strategy. And Athena is the god of strategy, justice, and discipline. And I feel like that is sexist in itself. So I remember as a kid growing up in a very like right-wing religious society being told that if a woman is president, that when she's on her period, then she's just going to nuke the whole world mm-hmm. because of her emotions. And I feel like these descriptions of the god and goddess of war are very male-female oriented. Mm. But I think that... I don't know, because I think the term, like they said, strategy in Athena's, which I think is really interesting, because they said, what uh, what do they say for him? Violence, savagery, and bloodthirst. Savagery, because I mm. feel like that is actually more of like a, a headspace kind of thing. You know, it's like rash thinking. Mm. And I feel like Athena's actually like, uh, her thought, her things are more like, thought-provoking like she'd be good at the board game monopoly yes and he would be good at throwing the board game all over the dining room when he starts to lose football (laughs) football (laughs) (laughs) anti-monopoly aka football (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) the things that athena is famous for are one she fights against paris in the trojan war Um, and helps her half-brother Hercules in some of his penance to the gods. Mm -hmm. Two, she helps Perseus defeat Medusa by giving him like a metallic shield so he can look in the shield to cut her head off, which Mm -hmm. is very J.K. Rowling, Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she wins the battle or contest for Athens against Poseidon, who would be her uncle. Um, They're both tasked with giving Athens a gift and Poseidon strikes a rock and makes them salt and she grows them olive trees and they choose her and then build her the Parthenon, which that temple in Greece is in honor of Athena. And then my final super interesting fact about Athena is she is one of the only three virgin goddesses. Really? And the virgin goddess thing is what I get a little bit stressed about. So first I'm going to give you like the other two. There's Artemis, who's the huntress, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure at some point we'll do an episode about her. Mm -hmm. But she gets, she's born her twin brother Leto. She sees her mother give birth to her twin brother and is like, I'm never doing that shit. Mm Because she's smart. And then she like collects all these huntresses. And then there's this guy in the woods and he watches them bathing without permission. So she turns him into a deer and they hunt him, hmm. which is awesome. And then there's Hephaestus, who's like the god of the hearth. And she like gives her throne up for Diomedes. Diomedes I think and like they're on Greece but you never really hear from her very much she just goes around lighting hearths but then there's her who is like too pure to be violated she's like above a woman and it's like the reason that Greece is okay with Athena being their patron god is they don't see her as a woman they see her as like 
a symbol that can't she has nothing to do with fertility and it's like fertility Mm -hmm. makes women weaker Mm -hmm. in their sense and she's above that and I also think that's why Zeus loves her so much you know how it's like the whole my son is going to carry on my last name Mm -hmm. with Athena it's like she doesn't have a mother Mm. so it's like she's and she also is like a virgin so she's not going to be violated by a man i feel like when you marry your daughter off you're like she's going to take his name and be violated Mm. but marrying off a son it's like he's the violator yeah i know that particularly was like a really big thing for them because they had all these like weird laws about like a man can penetrate any man or woman of like lesser value but they can't it's like this weird thing where like you can't penetrate a man who's above your station you can't date up yeah you can't date up like you have to date down Hmm. Uh, except for like your married wife but if it's like another woman who's down like you can just basically screw anything underneath of you Hmm. like i remember here like learning about that a little bit like that social structure um but i do think that um Oh, God, what did you just say about the uh, value of a daughter? Yeah, well, I think the virgin thing is really wild because it's it's kind of frustrating in a way. It's like, okay, so you can't have sex and be intelligent. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of like firmly separates the two. Whereas like, you know, Zeus is looked up as like the most ultimate God and he is like having sex all over the place and right. like doing what? ever he wants you know (laughs) and even similarly with his two brothers Hades and Poseidon they're Mm -hmm. like the god of their domain and they have tons of offspring and Mm -hmm. demigods and like whoever they want but the female goddesses are looked at as very different right unless you're Aphrodite yeah and I think she lacks the same respect even in my brain Mm -hmm. she lacks the same respect yeah I say let's drink to Athena and her wisdom we're gonna chug the rest of our cocktails And then we're going to make new drinks. Yes. Athena. To Athena. All right. Make a new (laughs) drink. Blame it on the alcohol. So my current (laughs) Ada Lovelace drink is on the rocks. It is on the rocks. (sighs) So... This is called the analytical, the analytical engine cocktail, but I feel like there's a really missed opportunity here. Wait, what? Why? Because this drink has gin, orange liqueur, lime, and aromatic bitters. So I feel like it should be the analytical orange gin oh. because it has orange and gin in it. Much better. Missed opportunity. So Very punny, Kate. I'm super punny. So has all those ingredients. Put in a cocktail t- shaker. Shake it up. Put it over the rocks. I love it. Over the rocks. On the rocks? On the rocks. Would you say it's on the rocks? I would. Good. I would go as far. I would dare to say it's on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pink. And it's back. That's my Cheers. favorite color. It's not. Blue's my favorite color. Well, that's... Yeah, Allie's been lying about that for years. Yeah, why? My God, since like high school. I'm really like <laughs> attached to the color pink. I like asked your mom, not your mom, your daughter that one day. I was like, Liza, like what's your mom's favorite color? And she goes, she says it's pink, but it's actually blue. <laughs> well, okay. And then I asked Caroline, she goes, well, my three first favorite colors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. 
just try Look, <laughs> it's fine. Pink's a good color. It's fine. Pink's a good color. I personally like mustard yellow. <laughs> and olive green. <laughs> you could be Athena and I could be Aphrodite. <laughs> so yes. Dye my hair. Okay, but for realsies, I want to know more about Ada Lovelace because what I know is the oil painting Mm -hmm. and like maybe two or three sentences in one of those children's books I've read to my kids. Yes. And that's like it. Everybody brings her up in the list of like 50 best women or 50 women you should know about, but I legitimately have not taken the time to know about her. So I need to know the things. Well, she is really interesting. I was, I really enjoyed researching her. (laughs) I really did. Um, uh, so I mainly got my stuff from this article by Sue Sharman Anderson. Okay. And then also this fantastic um, History Chicks podcast episode about Ada Lovelace. They do really awesome research, much better than I do. So so tweet at History Chicks. Tweet at History Chicks. <laughs> They're real cool. <laughs> they are really great. So if you want to know about Ada Lovelace, first you have to know about her crazy parents. So... So just like Athena. So just like Athena. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start with her mom. Um, So her mom was Anne Isabella Milbank, the 11th Baroness Wentworth. No. Yes. A.K.A. Annabella. (laughs) That's like as many names as Dumbledore. Yes. (laughs) So a couple of things that make her interesting was that her parents married for love, which was really rare at the time because we're talking like, you know, I mean that her and her husband met in like 1812. So that makes her parents meeting in like the 1700s. So it was kind of rare for people to meet and, you know, fall in love and then be able to get married, especially. And when you're talking like upper class, I mean, she's a freaking baroness, you know, (laughs) unless your name's Lovelace. Yeah. true. (laughs) Lovelace comes later actually. So these are not Lovelaces here. Dang. So she's a Wentworth. (laughs) A Millbank of Wentworth. That's a bad or something like that. <laughs> and so because her parents married for love, they were like a super tight knit family. And so one thing that I think is really cool about her mom, which she doesn't really get a lot of credit for, is like she was really good at math. She mm. was known as the princess of parallelograms. Her mother? Her mother. Yes. She was like really good at math. And she would like That's hang a great out alliteration. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, her husband was a poet, so. <laughs> and he didn't know it. And he, <laughs> no, he knew it. <laughs> he knew all the time. Um, but so she was really smart and she had all these awesome connections with people. Like one person after um, later in life who's had like really great words to say about her was Harriet Beecher Stowe. Ooh. Like she was really interested in like, you know, activism and in like raising money for things and just like philanthroping. And she was really awesome. Um, philanthroping a word i don't know now it is it is now um but her husband george gordon byron the sixth baron byron aka lord byron he's just gonna be lord byron from <laughs> Wait, now on. i feel like i know him yeah he's super famous so he was a real dick though oh so <laughs> to get into him really quick so his father was known as mad jack byron so he married an heiress and then totally like wasted all of her money. And because um, he had like he was super reckless with their money. He was an alcoholic. He was a gambler, which he then passed on to his son, Lord Byron. So Lord Byron got super, super famous because he wrote this epic lengthy poem. Like it's a whole book called Child Harold's Pilgrimage. 
Um, so that made him really, really famous. So he's really big in like the literary world. And what I found really awesome was that he was actually at the party that Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. Well, I know he participated in that story writing contest. So Mary Shelley, future podcast story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So bring it to the future. We're going to talk about her too. <laughs> um, so to get into their relationship. So they met in 1812 at a party hosted by Annabella's cousin and while the United States was fighting for its freedom. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> they were just partying over there. <laughs> and but the thing is, so Annabella's cousin is hosting this party and they meet there and Annabella's cousin is totally sleeping with him and they're having this like love affair, but she's married. But anyway, so the cousin is like, whatever, I'm still sleeping with him. I don't really care. So she kind of encourages it. And Annabella wasn't interested at first. But then, as some authors like to say, the very good girl was determined to save the very bad man because Lord Byron had like a real bad reputation because he was a total womanizer, like an alcoholic. And it was like one of those like classic teenage sitcom things. Like she was like, I can change him. It was like Sandy with freaking what's his name? John Travolta. <laughs> what was Rory his name? Rory and Jess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Roy and Jess situation. <laughs> So, and the thing is, like, she really liked him and she loved him and she really wanted to fix him. Um, but he was just like his father and he saw that 2,000 pound dowry that she had coming with her and was like, yeah, sure, I'll marry you. That's cool. Pound like the money, not like yeah, the weight. Yeah, pound like the money. Because <laughs> setting, we're in England. <laughs> um, so, of course, because of all this, so they married in January 1815. The marriage was extremely troubled. So not only was he sleeping around, but he was openly having an affair with his half-sister, Augusta. So society didn't really think it was that weird because their similar parent was if their father. Hmm. So if it was their mother, then they'd be like, whoa, 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 incest alert. Like, that's crazy. But because it was the father, they're like, oh, that's fine. So he gets married to her, or he's married to her having a a relationship with his half-sister, Augusta, uh, has a baby with her at the same time. So he has another daughter that's like around the same age as Ada Lovelace because huh. Ada is um, born in like late in December, 1815. Okay. Also, he was such a dick about this. My God. So he was like taking Annabella pregnant to his mistress, half-sister's house and very openly having this relationship with well, her. Well, she like, what, sat in the living room? <laughs> yeah. You're a fibber. I'm not. That's what the article said. Is that true? That's, yeah, that's what the article I says. I can only say what the article says. Um, but that's what they said. Because they, he said it was like really flaunting it. And he would like take her over to his house. It was really like messed up. So um, again, he was a major alcoholic. So Ada is born December 10th, 1815. Her official name is Augusta Ada Byron. Yes, he named her after his half-sister mistress. He did not. His, her name is Augusta. The same name. Can you even believe it? That's I can't. disgusting. That's the rudest. That's the worst. So then after all this, so Ada's born. And then about a month later, Byron was like, oh, by the way, I'm also sleeping with a chorus girl named Susan. And Annabella was like, all right, I am done. <laughs> So she splits up with him, but they couldn't really get a divorce because of the times and whatever. And it was really hard. So they just separated because um, divorce just really wasn't an option. 
And um, Lord, thank you, King Henry VIII. Thank you very it's like, that much. That was totally before that, <laughs> but still. <laughs> so, like, it existed, but it was just really hard to do. Um, so, and then, I mean, Ada never really saw him after that. She did not know her father. I don't know if she ever met him in person. But um, then he died when he was 36 and Ada was eight years old. Mm. So never really had a relationship. He was not a part of her life. Um, so to get to young Ada Lovelace. So due to her father's fame, um, this is kind of messed up. So he was able to r- really trash her mother. So throughout history, even today, a lot of history books cite Annabella as like this mean, cold monster, like terrible woman, ice cold, who was like really awful. But like, Everybody who actually knew her was like, no, she's the best. Mm. Like Harriet Beecher Stowe loved her. And it's like really frustrating because so she was super warm. She loved Ada and she was really nurturing and put everything into Ada's education because she was really smart. So she was like, I want my daughter to be like more. Do you think that that's like a common trope for like women who are pushy to be referred to as cold or Mm. like bitchy? Like if you if like if you have purpose and you're like, no, I'm going to separate from you. No, I'm going to make sure my daughter gets what she needs. Then you're considered as bad. Yeah, because I think that she was definitely assertive. Mm. And I think that a lot of times that may have come across as like bitchy. Mm -hmm. But really, like she was an awesome mom and she was a really cool person. And people said she was a lot of fun. But, you know, Lord Byron was just trashing her all over town, which sucks. Um (laughs) so Ada also so her mom put everything into her education so she had a ton of really awesome tutors um who mainly focused on math and science um Annabella really wanted her to do a lot of stuff with math and science because she wanted to quote beat the poet out of her (laughs) she wanted her to be the least like her father that she possibly could be (laughs) bye bye Mr. Poet Byron (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) So, and um, of course, she was extremely gifted at a young age and expressed um, a lot of interest in math and science, especially engineering. So there are these really cute stories of her as a 12 year old. And like, it's like her cat killed a bird and brought the bird in and she like studied the wings and she like came up with all these plans for these like flying machines. Like a serial killer. Like a serial killer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, serial killers, they like to they kill, kill and maim. themselves. They- they kill the animal themselves. Yeah, they get right, off right, on right. like the whole torturing and she like aspect. She just studied the pre-dead creature. Yes. So the cat killed the creature and she was like, all right, I'll take advantage of this. Right, right, right. So not 100% serial killer, but... But scientist. <laughs> but scientist. What's the difference? <laughs> right, really, what is the difference? <laughs> so um, she was like really smart, you know, developing these flying machines, which of course like never came to fruition. Um but the rigorous education was really a double-edged sword because so she loved learning and she loved math. Um, and she told her mom like, oh yeah, mom, it's totally keeping my imagination from running wild. Like I am like on the straight and narrow. And, but meanwhile to other people, she'd be like, yeah, I'm having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Cause she would like take it on herself to like study so hard. Um, and she would kind of admit to people like, yeah, like it's a lot, you know, for me. So was having an imagination at that point from what you read seen as bad for women? 
Um, it's, yeah, it was, especially from her mother's point of view, because she saw it as being like her father. Okay. And so she was kind of trying to quash that or squash that, you know, less art, more logic. Yes, exactly. Um, so, and I thought it was really cool. One of her tutors was this woman, Mary Somerville, who I've never heard of in my entire life, but she was a Scottish astronomer and mathematician mm-hmm. who was known best for, um, translating algebra into a common language. So she was like really well known for being like, okay, like to everyday people, like here's how you do algebra. So she turned letters into X. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or just made it more digestible for people. And then she had another tutor who was a sexist pig named Augustus de Morgan. Um, And he was like, oh, like, you know, women can't do math. It's damaging to their health. And like women are not physically able to do math. And like, Ada did have health problems, but they were not because of math. They were because it was the 1800s and there were germs galore. Like (laughs) it was not because of math. Um, And then after that, she did contract measles. Mm, Math gives me health problems. And (laughs) I do hate it as well. (laughs) Um, And so she got measles and it left her paralyzed for a year. And then she kind of walked with like a little bit of a limp and a cane after that for the rest of her life. What do you mean paralyzed? Like her whole body or neck Her whole body is paralyzed for a year. She laid in bed for a year Mm -hmm. with just her brain. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of math to think about. I can't even... I think about math while I'm running and it makes me sad. <laughs> I can't. In- wow. I try not to think about it ever. This was a really hard thing to research because I didn't know what they were talking about most of the time. Yeah. That's a lot of words. <laughs> I need I need Eliza to come translate things for me. <laughs> <laughs> Allie's daughter. Allie's what, seven-year-old daughter uh-huh. is like doing Sudoku puzzles. And <laughs> she <laughs> is real smart. She's really smart. She's like future Ada Lovelace. <laughs> um. So anyway, so she's paralyzed for a year. She gets out of bed. And then, so I do love this. A lot of like the children's books will like say that she is the woman who didn't go to a ball to meet a prince, but she met a fellow intellectual. So she met this guy, uh, Charles Babbage. And he also sounds famous. Oh, yeah. He's famous. Okay. Um, So (laughs) he was a really famous mechanical engineer. And he was mostly famous for receiving a grant from the government to create this thing called the difference engine. Um, And I heard a description of this because like I just was I didn't understand it. And it was they're like, it's basically like a steampunk calculator. (laughs) Yeah, that is a great description of it. Thank you. (laughs) I know what steampunk is because of Eric and Linda. Yeah. They're very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my brother and sister. They're way cooler than me. <laughs> so he gets a grant because the government is like, oh my gosh, this would be so great to have. Like if we did not have to crunch all these numbers by our brains all the time, like that's fantastic. Um, but of course then he was like, no, I have a better idea. And he starts to create the analytical engine, which neither device would ever be completed just because he kept you know, getting distracted and trying to create more and better things. Um, but Ada helped him a lot with this project and he would become like the most important person in her life and lead to all the great things that she did. Um, during all this, she did get married. <laughs> so she married William King, the eighth Baron King in 1835. She was 19 and he was 29. Uh, they married for love. They really did like each other. Um, and she had three children Byron, Anne Isabella, and Ralph Gordon. So again, not a lot of uh, 
You Ralph know? Lauren, did you say? Ralph Gordon. Ralph Lauren, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of not, not a lot of creativity with the Was names it here. Isabella <laughs> from Twilight? <laughs> yes. Um, so that she had three kids, which is amazing because she was so weak <laughs> in yeah. her body. I don't know how she had three children and survived. Well, when you're paralyzed, it doesn't hurt as much. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, she wasn't paralyzed. At this I point. know. <laughs> um, so anyway, so her husband in 1838, he became, uh, cause I think like Queen Victoria died or something. And Victoria then one, sh- Victoria one, she died and everything kind of shifted. She was the longest reigning queen until Elizabeth too. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I knew she created the white wedding dress trend. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. In Doctor Who, they say she was like a vampire. What? I don't know. There's a really cool episode of him traveling through time to Elizabeth. Or oh, Victoria, okay. not Elizabeth, sorry. Victoria, where she's a vampire. I'm into that. Yep. Um, <laughs> so in 1838, he becomes the Earl of Lovelace. The first Earl of Lovelace, which makes her the Countess of Lovelace. Is that a place? I have no idea. Because I feel like it has to be if you're one. of Lovelace, like Jesus yeah. of Nazareth. Yeah. I feel like it must be. Paul of Tarsus. <laughs> Let's name more biblical <laughs> references. Adam of Garden. <laughs> or Eden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he becomes... So it's, it's just funny because she's just known as Ada Lovelace, but that's not her last name whatsoever. I think it just kind of rolls off the tongue a lot easier. Her name's technically Ada King, and she's the Countess of Lovelace. Ada, but, queen of the world. True. True. Queen of those trapezoids. <laughs> princess of parallelograms. I love, I love that. I wish she was a princess of parallelograms. Wait, let's think of another alliteration with a shape. <sighs> The tyrant of triangles. <laughs> the squalor of squares. <laughs> okay. The savant of circles. <laughs> that was a good... Was that a S slash soft C? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so technically not an alliteration? No, it is. Same sound. Okay. Same, sound, same sound, not okay. same letter. Okay. That makes me feel better. You're good. <laughs> so during all this time that she's like, you know, getting married and having kids and stuff. So her and Babbage continued to work together on the analytical engine. And she would work up to 18 hours a day on this. While having three kids? While having three kids. I mean, Wait, she was moms rich. allowed to work? Yeah. <laughs> her husband was like super, super supportive, which I think is really awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that women were allowed to work when they had kids. I know. <laughs> Seems outrageous. So he like, yeah, her husband was really, really supportive. I think also just because they had like a lot of money. So like she didn't really need to be there because again, like the kids had tutors and whatever. And like, I don't know. So they were doing their thing. Um, so one of Ada's big accomplishments. So this is when we're getting into what she's really famous for um, was translating notes from an Italian engineer. So Basically, Babbage had this analytical engine and he was talking about how it would work. And this Italian engineer was taking notes on it and he gave his notes to Babbage, but Babbage couldn't understand Italian, but Ada could. So she translated them. Wait, then, and she's from England? Yes, but she like speaks her, Italian. Yeah, she chose Italian. Or reads Italian. Well, she speaks it. She was fluent in it. She was really, really fluent in um yeah in italian she just really wanted to learn it and it came in really handy 
this drink's really strong because it would like it's a weird language for them to pick at the time italian i don't know i i I picture women of that age learning more like french i mean france is a lot closer to england in a sense but i mean i feel like italian french german spanish is like the key or like the key english languages and maybe maybe dutch if you're right there super close but i feel like italians up there especially if they were religious and that's like the roman catholic Mm. yeah that makes sense but anyway so she learned italian Uh and then she was able to translate these notes from the italian engineer and she would kind of make corrections to his notes and Babbage was looking at her notes and he was like, oh shit, like she really like fucking gets this. And he was like, she understands this machine almost like better than I do. Annotated bibliography style. Yes. Got it. And so she like, he was like, wow, she like really, really understands this. And then, so she starts outlining the earliest computer programs. So, and this is when like her lineage really comes in handy because she has this innate creativity because her father was a poet and she comes from that type of family but then she also has this amazing intelligence and because she like could combine the two she was able to see the real potential of the analytical engine because the machine could be used to translate codes and formulas into instructions so she was like oh okay so if we could do that we could make it like um, there was like this loom that you used like these paddles with and it would make a pattern in the loom. And she was like, we can just do that with a computer. And she was like, we can put the code in and then it will bring out like colors and graphics and we could make artwork with this. Like she was like way far ahead. And not only did she think of it, but she wrote like codes to do this. That sounds very like using a homemaker's idea of like weaving mm-hmm. and putting it into science. Yeah. Basically. Which is a lot of the value that I think has been lost through centuries by not taking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? By not mm-hmm. including all knowledge bases at yeah. once. Um, but she, but I thought that was, a really cool thing that she thought to do because I was just listening to like NPR news the other day and they were talking about how they're cre- using, you know, artificial intelligence now to create artwork. <laughs> and I was like, damn, Ada had that like back in the day. Um, so this was called note G. So that's what she is super, super famous for note G. Um, so this is the description in the article. Note G described how to break down the algebra into simple formulae, which could be calculated using the basic mathematical instructions that the analytical engine could process. Addition, subtraction, multiplication, or division. It then described how to code those formulae as instructions for the analytical engine. Hmm. So. (laughs) That's a lot of science. (laughs) So, but yeah, but anyway, so she made all these codes and stuff like that. And, but they never finished the machine. So she never really got to like try it, which is really sad. Um, but Babbage was really, really supportive of Ada. He called her the enchantress of numbers. 
and he was always encouraging her. And he also encouraged other well-known scientists like Michael Faraday was like a really big deal back in the day. And he wrote this awesome letter about Ada and was like, look, you need to tutor her. She has so much potential. Um, this sounds to me like (laughs) the people who pushed Jane Goodall Mm -hmm. who had like zero college degree and they were like, no, 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 trust me. Right. It was exactly that, you know? And so he really encouraged her. Um, but then, uh, Ada had a very early end to her life. Mm. Um, so she of course had a lot of health issues. So she contracted cholera And then shortly after that, she developed uterine cancer. Mm. Um, So near the end of her life, she was given opium to kind of dull the pain and cannabis to help with the pain and then brandy to act as a stimulus (laughs) so she could be more awake, which sounds like it would do the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, ma'am. So this is all just like such a bad combination. (laughs) So these various medications and stuff like that just caused her to be like really loopy all the time. And she became really addicted to these drugs and also gambling. Um, You know, so she had this mathematical mind. So she would go to the horse track races, whatever. And she would bet on the horses because she was like, I know my odds because she knew the math behind the horse races. Hmm. And she, she was would, like counting cards and right. races. Yeah. Yeah. And because I know my, my friend Pat does it like he knows how to win at the tracks. Hmm. I don't understand how it works because they're animals, but they know. <laughs> <laughs> but because she was so loopy, she was like making the wrong um, she was getting the wrong answers. And so she kept losing money, but she was like, no, I know how to do this. So in the end she had my God, $300,000 in debt in today's money. Oh, $300,000. That's more and that than was my just, college. List. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just by the time her husband realized what was going on. I don't know where he was. I mean, he's pretty absent in this story overall. The best thing he gave her, I guess was her kids, but she doesn't really seem to be all into them. Either. And she loved him, I guess. She did like him. Which is nice. We'll say like. <laughs> you said they married for love. So. Okay. Okay. That's true. I did say that. Okay. But yeah. But then later. <laughs> but I think he was not super happy with her at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, well she lost all his money. That's She rude. lost a lot. Of, I don't know if it was all, but he lo- she lost a lot of his money. I mean, $3,000, $300,000 yeah. in debt is all the money. That is so much. Um, and then, so she was just not doing well. And then she passed away on November 27th at 18, 1852 at age 36, the same age as her father. Well, here's this. She was born and died as a Sagittarius, at least. <laughs> born, Where did you pull that? Oh, cause you're a Sagittarius. Born in December and then died November 27th. That's, That's right. all Sag. That's right. Because you're this the girl. 23rd. So mm-hmm. you would know. I'm the first day of Sag. I'm the first day of Scorpio. Really? Yeah. I'm on the cusp. I'm the last day of Libra. Well, because you're a 23rd and, and I'm a 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. So there you <laughs> right. go. That makes sense. <laughs> so she dies at 36, same age as her father. Um, she chose to be buried next to her father, even though she never knew him, which I thought was interesting. Um, and Charles Dickens read a passage at her funeral, which I thought was really funny. Huh. Just so many literary so connections. Mary Shelley and Charles Dickens are both like incorporated in her life. Yes. That's and right. Harry Beecher Stowe. Like right. it's kind of crazy. Um, and I did want to make a note about her legacy because some people say that she like, don't give her credit for the math and stuff that she did. Cause they're like, well, she couldn't have written those programs because she wasn't that good at calculus. 
Okay, let's again rephrase that. Was not that good at it. She still could do it, but she wasn't that good at it. She was like self-admittedly like, yeah, I have a really hard time with calculus. And I just want to say that everybody gives Charles Dodgson, a.k.a. Lewis Carroll, all this credit for being like this mathematical genius. Wait, is that the Alice in Wonderland man? Yes. So he used to write all these like mathematical riddles and stuff. And I did that with Al Google, by the way. I just know Lewis Carroll. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody sees him as like this amazing mathematician, but he also was not that good at calculus. It's really hard. So just shut the fuck up about it and give her her credit. And because Charles Babbage, the other, the main guy whose machine it was, gave her credit until the day that he died. And if I know white men of the 1800s, uh, they're not giving up that credit for anything. I don't know any white men of the 1800s. <laughs> However, well, I do. <laughs> well, I do. No, I I feel like I feel like that's so important. A, the most important thing I think Lewis Carroll ever wrote on paper was when he quoted Alice as saying, I give myself good advice, but I very mm. seldom follow it. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing he ever wrote on paper. Yep. But all I've ever read of his was Alice in Wonderland. So I have very limited exposure. But I think one of the things that's a connection between them. Oh, I'm not done yet. You Be done. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Tell me. I just me. have one more thing. No, I want to know all the things. I do want to know all the <laughs> things. Sorry. Don't be sorry. I feel like I keep ending on a note that like, that's what you need to know. <laughs> I want to know all I need to know. All right. There's two more things. So you said one more. I'm sorry. Two more things. All the things. Two more things. (laughs) So in the 70s, the U.S. Department of Defense developed a high-order computer program and named it ADA. It is still used around the world today in aviation, healthcare, transportation, and space programs. Cute. And it's named after her. The last thing. Is it an acronym? No. Just a name. Just her name, which I love. Um, It's not like all the algebra. That's actually why her parents <laughs> named her that. <laughs> so, uh, and then the last thing, which I think is a really good point to make, is so she's known as the first computer programmer. C- programmer. I said program her. That's what you meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> she is known Calculate as her. the... <laughs> So my favorite thing is that she is known as the first computer programmer ever, not the first female computer programmer. And I love that. Like they make a really big point of that because it's like there was no male that she was copying. She wrote these computer programs and like a hundred years before the computers even existed. And I think that's an awesome point to make is that she was not the first female computer programmer just the first. And I love yeah. that. Ada I, Lovelace. Ada Lovelace. Go girl. Do I make my toast now? First to first. No, we'll do the toast oh, at okay. the end. I feel like, so when I was reading, what's the book they just made a movie of that I read? <laughs> About the women who like worked for NASA. Oh, Hidden Figures. Yes. The, the entire book that kept calling, saying the word computer 
And that was a human thing. Like yeah. you were a computer of information. You computed things. And I found like that to be interesting. So for her to be the first, you know what I mean? It's like she was doing it, not creating it. So I think we think of computer like technology. Right. But it was so human based. Right. Like the computer is the box that's under my desk. Right. And it wasn't for them. It was, it was like, no, that's the human right. that is thinking of all these. My things. brain is computing this information. Like, like it kind of reminds me of like in Fahrenheit 451, how at the end they're like, no, we are the books. Right. Like we each have a book that we are that book. So we have that information. It goes, we the had rest to burn is them. still unwritten. <laughs> Just finished that book last night. <laughs> You didn't read it in high school? I didn't. No, not at <laughs> Open Bible. Not at open Bible. Did you My read the God. Did you read the Bible? Was it open? Oh, plenty of times. <laughs> I had to make an annotated bibliography. Not not really annotated bibliog- bibliography, but I had to annotate the Bible. That's the book excellent. of Galatians. Ooh. It was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> and just so you know, Doug Davis, I 110% cheated on that final. That's good. Because it was like a thousand question final. So <laughs> I don't think one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not cheat. So it's it really okay. isn't. It really is. Although isn't. it is thou shalt not commit adultery. But I feel like that's different. Whatever. That's Kissing, on your wife. Is that adultery? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the best thing about private school, I will say, is that uh, the skirts are, uh, they overlap. So you can cross your knees <gasps> and then I would write the answers on my thighs. Embedded female rights Mm -hmm. is what that is (laughs) i'd write the answers on my thighs and then just open up the skirt because it opens the front really (laughs) off to the left and there all my answers would be and i only did it on that one bible exam because it was really unrealistic so the only place you cheated (laughs) was in religion yes (laughs) god that guy was a crook let me tell you let me tell you so Katie's calling and anyone at Open Bible can quote me on that. <laughs> quote me on that shit. Here's the three connections I felt occurred during writing, and then we can discuss them okay. or not discuss them in any order. Okay. A multiple affairs versus being a virgin. Mm-hmm. B the benefits of working as a pair instead of being not a pair with your male counterpart, and C. Um, dying young versus being a goddess and living forever mm. are the three things that I felt were like really standouts as connections between these two women, real and fictional. Yeah. And I think the the first thing you said was interesting too because I forgot to mention this, but Ada did have an affair with one of her tutors, mm. which almost ruined her chances of marrying the Earl of Lovelace. Huh. Um, and... But but it's interesting. I feel like even though she did like have an affair and her dad was very over overtly sexual and she obviously had three kids and was not a virgin. I feel like because her whole family like isn't mentioned a lot, like she's also kind of put in that like non-sexual group in a weird way. You know? Well, it it's just interesting. Like one of the first fictional women in literature to mm-hmm. like be a feminist was Guinevere mm-hmm. because she was, you know, cheating on King Arthur with Lancelot. And it was like, you know, she was written into literature as this, like I have needs and they're not being served mm-hmm. type of woman. 
And as in some senses, like, okay, if you're in a monogamous relationship, then no, your needs need to be discussed with your spouse. But in some sense, women of a certain era, their needs were never considered. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's like a, there's like a line you have to cross there. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. And we will probably never know what the conversations were like between husbands and wives Mm -hmm. thousands, hundreds, tens of years ago. Yeah. Because I would venture to guess that they were much more democratic than we think. Mm. And that in public, they were what we see in pop culture. Mm -hmm. Because I think that like, I mean, I'm married, you're not, but you're in a long-term relationship, like a very long-term relationship. And like, I think that there are things that we say in private that in public we understand are unacceptable. Right. Yeah, that is true. Um, and And I sometimes think about like women in history, I'm like, did they feel comfortable to like talk to their husbands? Cause like one thing I do admire about Ada is I feel like at some point she was probably like, look, this math stuff is really important to me and I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like there had to be some sort of conversation about mm-hmm. that. And I really appreciate that. Um, and he could have been like, this makes me look bad. And here's right. why. He, yeah. He could have been like, absolutely not. And then, we wouldn't know Ada Lovelace, you know, because mm-hmm. that's another kind of weird thing about her is like the things that she contributed to weren't exactly building. They were in a way building blocks, but like nobody really knew about her stuff until like the 1950s mm. until it was kind of unearthed. And they're like, whoa, this is really cool, you know? Yeah. And, but, but I do like, I think the, the world should have Ada Lovelace. Yeah. as something to look up to and is like a really cool like image of like what women could do if they had men that supported them mm. you know it's kind of like kind of reminds me of like emma watson's like he for she mm. like you know we're yes, gonna invite you to this movement right like we need like women to be empowered and do all these things but like we also need like you know men to be supportive of that too because yeah. you know she could have uh, there were so many places in her life where she could have been put down by men and she wasn't you know right and i think about athena too like she could have very well just stayed in zeus's body the whole time and we would have never had her he didn't let his son out yeah he didn't let the son out he wanted his daughter right and we almost didn't have her and i feel like that in like a weird mythological way is like okay like here's this awesome woman to the world you know So they're both, in a sense, then, great examples of male feminism. Yes, I think so. Which is something that I think a lot of males are scared to say. Yeah, and I don't think that in normal circumstances we'd think of, like, Zeus as (laughs) male feminist. No, he's not at all. He's the worst. He's, like, the (laughs) worsty worst. But in this weird, like, way, and maybe it's because, I don't know, you know, father-daughter relationships are very interesting, um my dad's the coolest i know i'm really close with my dad too he's awesome and but also like i'm the only girl Mm. and you're the sporty girl (laughs) we can cut that i'm sporty spice (laughs) marjorie's Um, bookie spice yes (laughs) (laughs) but um but i do think it's interesting that like zeus had this like favorite daughter because i feel like that's kind of a trope of like like dad's having this like 
favorite daughter that they like really bond with. Mm. Like, I don't know if it was really a bond thing with him and Athena, but well, she was a virgin. So I think it was. Yeah. I think it was like, I'm the male in your life and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Which is almost, I mean, that's almost sad because I think that sometimes like, I don't know, this sounds weird, but it's like there can be one male in your life, like your dad or your husband and therefore your last name needs Mm -hmm. to change and then you become no longer your dad's. And maybe that's why Zeus loved her so much because she was a virgin. So she wasn't going to change her affiliations. Right. Mm. It almost be really cool if Athena was a lesbian. Mm. that would be cool that'd be super cool mm. her and artemis uh, no, but artemis had all the huntresses oh yeah that's true athena mm. she could have gotten in on those parties athena i feel like could have heard her f- fulfilled her needs better yeah <laughs> uh what were the other points that you made oh oh well i said a fair versus being a virgin i feel yes. like we talked about that the benefits of working in a pair right and living forever versus dying young which Ada Lovelace, um, like her memory, even though it wasn't discovered until later, mm-hmm. it's almost the idea of being a goddess. Right. Like when, when, even though it didn't benefit her in life, mm-hmm. there are certain people, even like Van Gogh, who is like your paintings and that's a male figure, like your paintings weren't appreciated in life, but you mm-hmm. died via suicide as we think. And it's like, right. then we appreciate your art. Yeah. It's very similar with Ada Lovelace. Like mm-hmm. she was so far ahead of her time that we didn't even get it. Like right. nobody was ready to get it until years later, mm-hmm. male or female. Yeah. We didn't get it. And it's like, except what, for Babbage, he got right. it. Yeah, he got it. And it's like, but what could anyone have done with that? Because again, like the machines were so intricate, it was like nearly impossible to actually build, you know? And mm. I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of like their minds were racing ahead of what they could physically do. Right. You know? And I think that's kind of like with her health issues too, you know, like, her body was like racing ahead and like in a really, really bad way. And the science of the times was not adept enough. And the medical, you know, science of the time wasn't there to help her. And she died really young, which is really sad. And I think it's, I still think it's crazy that her and her dad ended up dying at the same age. Mm. So I feel like her mother tried so hard for her to be not her father. And in a weird way, she ended up being very similar to him. Uh, maybe that's the connection between arts and the sciences. Like yeah. there isn't, there isn't this big difference we think there is. Mm. There's like people who think one way and people who think another, but really you end up in the same spot in right. the long run. I also, I've been thinking now about the difference between, cause last week we did a fictional and a non-fictional character mm-hmm. and we're doing the same thing this week. And I think that the difference between the fictional and the non-fictional, again, going back to kind of the sexuality thing, is Athena could be pure because they wrote her as being pure. Mm. And Ada Lovelace had all these issues because she had a human body. She was a real human person and she couldn't help these things from happening. You know, and I think a lot about the way that we would love to write women as like they never die and they're perfect and they're so smart and they're beautiful and, and they, they never have fart. sex and they don't fart and they're <laughs> or sweat. Right. Like, <laughs> and then you have Ada who like 
you know, she had all these issues that was kind of holding back her potential. Right. Just the fact that she was a woman. Right. She was getting back. up in the middle of the night and breastfeeding. She right. had stretch marks. She was like trying to like be a person. Mm-hmm. And and she had to probably ignore her kids to do some math. Right. And, and she's probably still had to go to society luncheons and like mm-hmm. do all the things that a you know, 19th century woman was supposed to be doing. Get an updo and like right. not smile in pictures because you're rotting teeth and like How all did the she things. get that updo? I don't, I don't understand. She probably didn't have hair and it was a wig. <sighs> probably. Yeah. Ugh. Paralysis gives you things like bed sores. So who knows? <laughs> but I feel as if we need to toast. Yes. I think the toasts are in order. Who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay. So my toast is to all the women in STEM and to all That's the women science, technology, science, engineering, technology, and math. Engineering, <laughs> math. <laughs> okay. I won't interrupt you anymore. Sorry. <laughs> um, so just a toast to all the women out there who are brave enough and smart enough to do all the things that I personally am so afraid to go near <laughs> <laughs> and to all the women who are going to change the world, whether they know it or not. To Ada. To Ada. Cheers. And drink. So my toast this week is the exact opposite of my toast last week. <laughs> um, because Marilyn was very sexy and therefore felt that um, her smartness was underrated. Mm-hmm. So Athena is very wise and therefore had to give up her sexuality. Mm. So to all of the women who feel as if they are unattractive because of their career or their power or their um, quote-unquote bitchiness at their job because they're just trying to get things to be equal, I say to you, do what you're doing. You're a fucking queen. Yes. Cheers. To Athena. And Miranda Hobbs. (laughs) With your braces. God, I love that episode. (laughs) All right. Well, as we like to say on Herster on the Rocks, well-behaved women don't do laundry, rarely make history. listening to her story on the rocks we are independently produced by 1986 entertainment and proudly recorded in baltimore maryland if there is a woman in history or her story you would like us to cover you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com and if you would like to drink along with us follow us at her story on the rocks on instagram we post the recipes for each cocktail a few days before each episode you can also find us at facebook at her story on the rocks and at twitter at her story on the rocks.